we all today yes we're here we're alive so I'd like to welcome you all this morning to this wonderful day this is the day that who made amen okay um, we're gonna have some worship time and then we're going to hear the Word of God and so as we prepare our hearts let's open in a word of prayer Heavenly Father, thank you so much that this is the day that you have made. Father, thank you that we are blessed by your presence. Thank you, Father, that, that you have created uh, this world so that we can enjoy it. Thank you, Father, that me personally, I'm still here. Thank you, Father, that Rob is still here with us. And uh, thank you, Father, that we have a guest speaker this morning, Lord. Father, you are mighty, you are awesome. We give you all the glory, and we praise your mighty name. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Every blessing you pour 
You're my hope and stay. Yeah. 
just then Oh God, how I need you We so desperately need you, God. God, I pray that as we are coming into this new season, God, this season of celebrating you and the birth and what you came here for and the fact that you um, came as a human being, Lord, the, the God, the creator of everything, Lord, you humbled yourself and you came to this earth as a tiny baby and you lived this sinless life so that we could have everlasting life with you. Lord, I pray that during this next month, God, that we would be able to truly reflect on that. The world wants to bombard us with what perfect gift we need to buy for everybody or all the different things that we need to go to or or all the good food we need to make. Lord, whatever it is that the, the world is trying to use to distract us from you, God, I pray that you would um, grab our attention. Lord, allow us to slow down and to hear from you, God, because we so, again, desperately need you. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings that you provide us with, God, that um, we have an amazing church body that loves each other, God, and that we lift each other up, God, and we thank you for the strength that truly only comes from you, Lord. Father, we lift up um, Pastor Rob to you right now. God, we ask for your healing hand upon him, Lord, that he would have a quick recovery, God. And Lord, we also just lift up this entire church body, and we thank you for the ways that we've been able to come together so far. And we just look forward to the ways that we'll be able to continue to grow and to grow in you. God, sometimes, like I said last week, God, we need to be still. And we need to know that you are God. We so quickly rely on ourselves. I know for myself, I do all the time. But God, thank you that we don't have to rely on ourselves because we are feeble people. But God, we can rely on you, the creator of the universe. You are a mighty and amazing God that deserves to be praised, Lord, and we give this season to you. We commit this season to you, we surrender it to you, and we give you all the glory and all the praise above everything else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. <laughs> so excited to have you guys here. For those of you watching online, hello. Um, <laughs> I have a, a few announcements for us. One is just a reminder that, you know, we've gone through a lot of different changes and crazy things happening over the last month. Um, we do have a way for you guys to stay connected with the church body. And um, you'll notice that there's the connection cards. And let's say, for example, you did not get a text message for some of the weeks that we had to cancel. Well, we really want to make sure that you're on that list. So if you have not done so already, this is what the connection card looks like. It looks like this. If you could fill that out and then put it in the tithe and offering boxes, and we'll make sure to put you on our list so that you're getting updated in case anything changes. Um, the next announcement is for those of you that may have youth or the youth are watching online, um, this Tuesday is our annual turkey bowl. Woo! <laughs> um, we decided to change things up a little bit this year so we're not actually doing a full-on Thanksgiving dinner but rather we're gonna feed the kids pizza because they love pizza and that's great. Um, but for those of you that have youth, it's gonna start at five o'clock this Tuesday when normally youth group starts at 6.30. It's starting at five o'clock so that we can play the game, 
And if the kids come, make sure they bring jackets and gloves because it's freezing out in the parking lot with that frozen turkey. And then we're going to come in and we're going to join a meal together and uh, share what we're thankful for. So I know that I'm thankful for you guys. I hope you all had a blessed Thanksgiving, by the way. Um, the next announcement that I have for us is just a reminder. If you wanted to bless Pastor Rob and his family, there's a couple different ways you can do that. There is a GoFundMe page. And then we also have, um, if for those of you that have Venmo, you can Venmo um, Shannon. And there's these sheets out in the hallway where you can grab one and they'll give directions on how to do that. Or you can pull me aside like Bobby did, and I'll walk you through how to set up Venmo. <laughs> I'm the resident IT. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so if you want to bless them, that's an amazing way that you can do that. And we're so thankful for all the many people who have been able to support in any way, shape, or form that they've been able to. And we're going to hear from Pastor Rob in just a moment. Um, also, there is a three-week meal sign-up that um, we have going on and so that we can help for Pastor Rob to have meals. Now, obviously, it's not going to be what they maybe normally eat. It's going to be, what do they call it? A cardiac diet. Yes, we want to take care of his heart. <laughs> and so one of the ways that you can do that is you can go onto the Journey Church group page on Facebook. And there's a way that you can sign up for that, or you can connect with Miss Elise over here, and she'll get you connected with different food. Did you have anything else to add? Or is that good? Okay. So yeah, so if you would like to help with meals, that would be great. I don't typically help with meals. I help with eating them. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's not where I've been gifted. So <laughs> I do, where I have been gifted, though, is I like to decorate things. And I just want to do a quick shout out, even though they're not here, to um, they're back with the kids to Mickey and Elise, um, Mikey and Elise, sorry, they helped with uh, decorating Christmas this week. They helped me do that. So, yeah, so we're very grateful for that. Um, let's see. Oh, another quick announcement we have a church, um, our, the boutique going on at the PTL Plus bookstore. It's a Christmas boutique this coming Saturday from 9 to 4. And if you don't know where the PTL plus bookstore is shame on you no i'm just kidding <laughs> um it's off of knickerbocker and you just go right up the road as if you were going to big the old big bear elementary school and there's a little the bookstore there so there's lots of things that you can get there and then lots of local vendors that'll be there as well so again that's from nine to four next saturday if you want to go check that out um i think that's all the announcements just kidding Oh, yes, if you are a leader, can you please meet shortly after church in Kids Zone? We would like to connect about a few things. And so now I think that's all the announcements that I have. So we just want to continue our time of worship, and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And I was thinking about it. I read this thing that talked about how, you know, so often when we're giving of our tithes and our offerings, we're, you, know, you think about how we have to do that. And the Lord does ask that we give. But I was reminded that when I used to be a camp counselor at Bear Valley Kids Camp many years ago, um, one of the things that we would tell the kids if they would come up and they'd be like, do I have to do that? And we would say, well, no, you don't have to, but you get to. And I think it's such a powerful reminder that if we can switch our mindset to things like that, especially towards the Lord, of like, we don't, I mean, we're asked to, and God wants us to, but not just that we have to, but we have the opportunity 
And we get to give back to God and to be good stewards of what he's already given to us. And so we want to be faithful and be joyful in our giving of our tithes and our offerings. And I know many of you guys have been so gracious in your giving to the Hastings family, and we're so thankful for that. Um, but we also want to be reminded that we have our church body here, that we want to continue to to run and move and make sure that God is being glorified. And not just that the little ins and outs of church keep going, but again, that God, most importantly, is glorified here in this church body because he so deserves it. Amen? All right, so let's go ahead and pray for our tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we get to give back to you. God, that we have the amazing opportunity to sow into your kingdom. God, that you use us as hands and feet, God, as tools to minister to this world that so desperately needs to know you. God, again, as we go into this season of celebrating your birth and the whole reason that you came here, God, I pray that you would use us as instruments to preach the gospel, the good news of why you came and why we celebrate Christmas. That it has nothing to do with Santa or, or the gifts under the tree or all the lights and all the fun things, yes, that we're so blessed to have. But God, most importantly, you need to be glorified. So I pray that us as this little journey church body, we would be able to just shine a light of who you are, Father. God, that you would be glorified among anything and everything else, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'm going to ask Joe if you'd like to come out. Good morning again. Um, we are honored today to have a guest speaker that, in my opinion, doesn't need to be introduced, but for many of you, he does need to be introduced, and uh, we welcome today Pastor Jeff Tome, and he has graciously offered his services in our time of need. <coughs> this surprises me. I didn't expect it. Sorry. <coughs> but um, you, you all know that uh, Pastor Bob has had his heart attack, and he has survived, and now we have uh, other pastors, and uh, Jeff is a local pastor, and he's a leader, and he's been here his entire life, I think. And uh, he's, <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> Very good. And we are, we are absolutely honored to have him come and... Give us God's word today, and I would like you all to welcome Pastor Jeff Thorne. Thank you. We'll get that dialed in in a minute. How very exciting to be here. Terrible circumstances bring us together like this this morning, but uh, we're going to address that from God's word, right? So your job is to smile, and my job is to smile as we go through this today. Uh, I just want to uh, point out for those who are online, I know that if you're here in the church, you can pick up a sheet or talk to Jesse or somebody, but if you're not here and you're distant this morning, greetings, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're on the GoFundMe, you want to you search 
pastor-rob's medical emergency. And you'll find that, excuse me, on GoFundMe. Uh, and we appreciate everybody that's gotten involved in that already. And uh, if you go to Venmo Shannon directly, you can, uh, you can find from Venmo at Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N hyphen Hastings hyphen the number nine. Okay, got that? Shannon hyphen Hastings hyphen nine. And then you can help the family directly that way too. Um, I was thinking about what we need this morning. What do we need? we need? We need a number of things. We need, as a church body, we need comfort. We need to know that God's in control. Uh, we need to have some encouragement. And I, I have to tell you, that's what my job is. I'm an encourager. Every personality test I've ever taken over time tells me I'm an encourager. I'm a giver. I'm a helper. So you got the right guy this morning. <laughs> I mean, I'm fit for this job, and I'm going to be good at it. Amen? Thank you for encouraging me there. Uh, what, do we, what do we need third? We need to focus on our faith. Uh, and, I'm, and I mean specifically, we need to take our faith and lift it up and focus there this morning together. Um, I have a warning for us as well. Oh my, we'll get to that. That's number four. You'll be ready for a warning when it comes, right? No amens on that one. I get that. Okay, no problem. And, uh, and then finally, I think we need to incite one another, according to the scriptures, to love and good works. Amen. And that comes from Hebrews chapter 10. So if I get all that done, we'll still be out of here on time, which is noon? <laughs> 11 o'clock, something like that. Uh, I was thinking I might use the clock and see if it gets that long, because then we said 8 o'clock just a moment ago. <laughs> so we just change clocks. Hey, if you want to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Proof text a little bit. You know what that is? Where you take a scripture and you prove what you want to prove and it's out of context and you mess it up. Uh, we might as well start with proper homiletics and hermeneutics today. Uh, John chapter 11. I just get excited at this passage because I've personalized it myself. If some of you don't know me or don't know my story, uh, I won't tell the whole thing this morning. I'll just let you know that about five years ago in August, I uh, suffered a full cardiac arrest myself and I died completely died out on the Castle Rock Trail. And uh, they did CPR on me for seven and a half minutes, and then they transported me to the hospital. They uh, gave me the, the jolt three or four times on the way to keep me alive. And the next thing I knew, I woke up a week later with a three-way bypass at St. Bernadine's. And I was alive from the dead. Now, Pastor Rob, you're alive from the dead. And we're excited about that today. Um, I was thinking of John chapter 11, <clears throat> which... And uh, thank you for whoever picked out the songs this morning. I want to say that, too, because every one of them had the word heart in them. I'm sure that wasn't a mistake. Uh, and, 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 Rob, you'll find out, as I did, that every time you sing songs like It's Your Breath in our, in our Lungs, so we'll pour out our praise, it has brand new meaning. If you've not had a heart attack or a failure like this, I don't expect you to understand that, but you can barely sing those songs without crying because you realize he breathed life into us. He's the one that sustains us. He is the one that carries us through. And there's just no other reason for us to be alive. And those of us that are in the zipper club, you know what that is, the zipper club? Yeah, we have a group. And Rob is now the honorary chairman <coughs> of the zipper club because he's the youngest and he had a four-way. Uh, mine was a three-way. Joe, how many did you get? 
you know, and four-way and stents and all kinds of craziness we go through. I want to tell you, America, change your diet. Okay, we'll stop at that. Uh, John chapter 11 says this, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Pastor Rob got a little sick. Got big sick. But listen to what Jesus said to the sisters. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Not unto death. Sick, yes. Quadruple bypass, yes. But not unto death. Rob's going to get better. Pastor Rob's not only going to get better, he's going to be better than ever. He's going to have new blood flow, new heart flow, new lease on life, a new viewpoint. He's going to be more excited than he ever was. A lot of things are going to change for Pastor Rob and his family. Bless Shannon in the process. huh? Amen. She's got a lot to do. Uh, we got to support them entirely right now. But this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. God's getting the glory. God's already gotten glory. God will continue to be glorified. When I got to be, I got to go and be in the hospital with Rob and Shannon and the family on Thanksgiving. That's where we did Thanksgiving. I was in the hospital. Uh, he actually got turkey for lunch. Surprising, at Loma Linda. You know, if you don't know Loma Linda, then that wasn't funny to you. <coughs> anyway, <laughs> it was turkey and gravy right there for lunch. I thought, how about that? Thanksgiving in the hospital, and. Uh, we, we were praying together, and, you know, the nurse had come into the room behind me. I didn't know that. We were praying. When we got done, she said, thank you for that prayer. She's a believer, too. God's being glorified on every hand. Everywhere we're going to go with this project that Rob's in is going to bring glory to God. Now, Jesus had to explain to the boys later in this chapter. He said, uh, they, he said well, Lazarus is asleep. Or I'm going to go and wake him up. And they said, oh, it's good that he's asleep. He'll get some rest. Rob needs a little rest, too. <clears throat> in fact, he needs about 12 weeks of it. We know that from experience. You don't just bounce back from this and start running laps. You need 10 to 12 weeks to get back on top. So that gives us a trajectory for a body, for the body of Christ here at Journey Church, of where we're going and how we're going to get there, what it's going to take to complete the run, the run and finish the race. It's going to take us a few weeks of pulling together and supporting one another and being involved together in this process. They said, well, if he gets some rest, he'll be better. Jesus said, boys, you got to hear this straight up. Lazarus is dead. He tells them he's dead. He said, but it's good. I'm going to go. We're going to take care of it. This sickness is not unto death, even though he'd already been in the tomb four days. Now, Rob didn't have to spend any time in the tomb. Thankful for that. He didn't have to stink like Lazarus did. But, Rob, you're alive from the dead. All the songs have new meaning. Every day the sun comes up, you're thankful. You realize you're on borrowed time. You realize you get another chance to do things differently, do things better, do things more poignantly. So the church is on a, on a journey. The journey church is on a journey. What kind of a journey is it? It's a, it's a process. Now, a process isn't that something that comes quick and is over. right? That's an event. 
Rob had the event about 10, 12 days ago, right? That was the event. Now we're all in a process together. We're on a journey together. It's, uh, we're, I think a lot of us were, and those of you who are online, some of you are still recovering from COVID. I know you're at home listening in. Um, we kind of hit a crucible, if you will, a crucible of questions. What's going to happen? Where's it going to go? Is he going to live? Is he going to die? What's going to happen next? The questions just began to flood our minds. And you know when that happens, the enemy's real handy about being close by. And he's like fanning the flames, like, oh, it's going to be worse. It's going to be really bad. You just can't believe how bad this is going to be. It's like a furnace of faith. But the nice thing about going into the furnace with God is when you come out, you don't smell like smoke. And when you come out, everything that should have been burned away gets burned away, but you're still standing. He burns off the dross. He burns off the excess. He gets rid of the things we don't need. And so as we go into this furnace of faith, uh, I believe we're going to learn again how to trust in a greater way, how to lean and rely on God in, in ways maybe we've never done before. I know those of us have been through heart attacks, cardiac arrest. We understand that a little bit, uh, maybe more clearly, that our hands, are, our, our lives are really, like we say this morning, in his hands. We're, we're all like one breath away, one heartbeat away from not being here. It's his breath that sustains us. Now, John chapter 316, anybody want to help me? Depends on which version we use, I know. But uh, <clears throat> we can just stumble through it together. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we might want to apply that immediately to Pastor Rob. He's going to live forever. Hallelujah. We're grateful. But that's not the focus of my bringing that scripture up this morning. It's very familiar, and familiarity can bring contempt. And when you get back to Mark, you'll be in chapter 6 at some point again on the series that you're in. But that, uh, that'll be your next piece. Familiarity brings, brings contempt. But if we can become so familiar with this verse that we miss one of the big words in the middle. And that's whosoever believes. To believe means to rely on, to fully trust, to lean the full weight of who you are on something or someone else. Now, I'm not about to lean the full weight of my trust on this little podium because it's not going to hold me. But if Joe Stangle comes up here and stand next to me and I can lean on him, I mean, I could lean and I could lean. He would hold me up as long as he could, but I could put the full weight of who I am on him or on one of you. We could do it with one another. We've done even exercises like that in leadership. That's right. Like, okay, you stand here and then lean back and trust everybody. And it's a little scary. Because you think somebody will drop you, but God won't drop you. And for those of us who believe, we have a hopeful future. We have the ability to cling and to trust and to rely on God. But the end product is eternal life. It's beautiful. But every day I need that life flowing in me, and every day you need that life flowing in you. You need to know that your faith is focused in the right place. I have a little poem that I, I really like. Simple one. It's anonymous. I wish I could put my name at the bottom of it and take credit. <clears throat> but it goes like this. 
Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step while faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes and faith answers I. We're in a place where doubt versus faith is challenging us. Questions, the crucible, the furnace of faith is upon us. And we have to ask ourselves, where am I going to put my faith? Where am I going to lean the full weight of my trust? Who am I going to depend on? We do it individually first. I'm thinking of Romans 6.11 where it says, Reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. That little word reckon means do the math, if you want to put it that way. Do the math. One, I'm dead to sin. Two, I'm alive to God. One plus two makes three. Do the math. Calculate it out. Consider the truth of what you're talking about. Consider the moment that you're in and then come to a conclusion logically and reasonably, not based on feeling, not based on sentimentality, not saying if faith is going well for me, if things are going well for me, then life is good. But some of these songs we sang this morning reminded us, even in the worst times, I'm going to turn my praise back to you. And when the sun's shining, it's easy to worship God. When the darkness sets in, it gets a little tougher. When you don't know if you're going to wake up the next day. Oh, you know you had surgery. You know how to quadruple bypass, Rob. But there's still questions. You wonder. Sometimes you're afraid to go to sleep at night. Because you think it happened once, it could happen again. I can't believe my wife lets me drive the car. Think about it. She's in the passenger seat, and I'm the one that's already taken this trip once. Like, it could happen again at any moment. Just gone. So I always tell her, be ready to grab the wheel. <clears throat> Here's what you do if it happens. Reach over, turn the key off, make this thing stop, because I'm not going to be very helpful. <laughs> when we reckon ourselves dead to this world and say, listen, I'm not going to take the instructions of the world anymore. I'm not going to follow what the world's telling me. I'm going to put my faith and trust in the right place. I'm going to get my leaning into God. We do it on our own individually. In, in America, we are known as uh, sociologists call us what? The, uh, the uh, rugged individualists. We're very independent. We live solo lives. You don't have to go very far on the freeway to figure that out because there's nobody in the diamond lane. I mean, all those cars on the freeway have one person in them because I'm not going to carpool with you. And maybe you don't ride with me after my situation either, or Rob. We shan't on a drive for a while. Um, just for safety, you know? Okay. Rugged individualists. We like to do it alone. But that's not what the book says we should do. Right? 
The Bible says we're built for community. We're built for leaning on each other. We do better in community. We live stronger lives. We live more faithfully. We live when we challenge one another to stay faithful to God together. So in Reg, it's kind of like the three Hebrew guys we talk about the fire and the furnace, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel chapter 3. I mean, they were going down, but they were going down together. Nebuchadnezzar set up his golden image and played his music and said, when the music plays, everybody has to bow down and worship my gods and worship at the feet of this golden image. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, can't do that. We know the only God. We know the living God. We know that we're monotheistic. There is one God, and he alone is God, and there is no other. <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar got kind of upset. He called the boys in. He said, hey, here's the deal. The furnace is going, and if you decide you're going to bow down when the music starts and worship my gods and kneel before this golden image I built, everything's going to be just fine. But if you don't, you're going in the furnace. And here was their response. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't really need to give you an answer on this because there is only one answer. We're not going to worship your gods, and we're not bound down before your golden image. We're not idol worshipers. There's one true God, and it's him alone that we will worship. And he is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace. Next sentence is pretty important. And even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down to those gods. We worship him alone. Okay, boys, that's it. You're in the furnace. In fact, let's fire that up seven times hotter. The guys throwing them in the furnace burn up just by being close to it. And then what, what was the end result? Of course, he's Daniel chapter 3, you can read this. He looks in and there's four people walking around inside there. And he said, hey, wait a minute. They're not getting burned up. And there's a fourth man in there. Who is that? Looks like the Son of God. <laughs> hey, boys, come out. And as soon as they were out, didn't smell like smoke. Didn't even singe them. They were perfectly delivered. And Nebuchadnezzar changed his mind. He said, there is only one God, and your God is the one. And he made an edict throughout his entire realm that said, now, if you, if you don't bow down and worship this God, we're all going to be in trouble. Flip the story. My point of that is a great, great account. Uh, I have to say account because my pastor mentor early on when I first got saved his wife I said I love the stories of the Bible and she's I've never forgotten this obviously I'm remembering it again today somewhere in 1971 this happened she said Jeff those aren't stories stories are made up this is truth these are accounts of what God did with I said yes ma'am so every time I say story I hear her voice in my head saying that's an account that's not a story it's not made up it's truth it happened. But here's the point of the story for me. I said it again. And I heard her again. Here's the point of the account of Daniel chapter 3. They were in community. They were aligned together, the three of them. They said, I'm not going down by myself. I reckon myself dead to sin. I reckon myself dead to this world. I'm not a part. I'm not staying here forever. I'll check it out one day. It might be today. It could be tomorrow. I'm not going to live here forever. I'm temporary. This is a tent. It's going to dissolve one day, and I'm going to get set free. 
I can reckon that for myself. You reckon that for yourself. But then we need to align ourselves together in community and say, I'll go if you go. If we're going down, we're going down together. And if we're going up, we're going up together. If we're going to get blessed, we're going to get blessed together. This is no time. This, what happened to Pastor Rob reminds me of the scripture in Zechariah. Jesus said this, I'll smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. You remember that? The shepherd gets struck. The sheep kind of lose their bearings. And sheep, unfortunately for us as sheep, are kind of dumb. We really can't find our way. You know a sheep can get lost in 10 feet? Because they're always just looking down. They're looking for something to eat all the time. That's what they do. So if it's over there, they follow that. If it's green over there, ten feet later, they look up and they have no idea where they are. That's why the shepherd has to go after the one in 99. It's never coming home. They don't know how to get there. He's got to go find it and bring it back. So are the sheep going to scatter right now? The shepherd's been struck in our midst. He's down, but he's not out. Amen? He's getting up. He's getting up. It's going to be good. It's going to be better. He's got more life, more strength, more focus, more future. I told him on Thanksgiving Day, man, do this one right. you got another 30 years easy. Think of it. You're going to see your kids walk down the aisles. You're going to see your grandkids. You're going to see life with new eyes and a new heart. But you got to do it right. You have to make a comeback right. You've got to make some changes. Well, I have five pages, and that was page one. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I'm trying, I'm doing my best. Got a little out of practice, but that one we're done with. Let's get rid of that. So during this time, Exodus chapter 1, if you want to look at this one verse, I just kind of pulled some random passages that came to my mind and my heart about the situation we're in. And uh, here's opportunity. If you get to Exodus 1, we're not going to be there but for a couple of verses, and then we're going to run over to John chapter 16. Israel is in bondage to Egypt. Thank you. Uh, is in bondage to Egypt. And they get a new Pharaoh, and that's in uh, verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. Thank you, Brent. He didn't know Joseph, and he, his, uh, his decision was, let's put the pressure on these Israelites. We're kind of scared of them. There's a lot of them, and if they band together with our enemies, we could be in big trouble. So let's put the pressure on them. And uh, verse 10, come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Let's, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. Let's put the pressure on them. Let's keep them under our thumb. Verse 12, should make this a memory verse. Exodus 1.12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. Egypt was afraid of them. Kind of afraid if I set this in the wrong place, we'll have an unscheduled baptism. I put it over here where I can kick it anyway. Holding that thought, 
John 16. Don't you love the promises of the Bible? All the promises Jesus gave us we could count on. Here's one that you may not be trying to count on as often. But it's still a promise from Jesus that I think I want to spend a little moment on. John 16, verse 32. Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered. I mentioned this earlier, just a moment ago, about strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. He says, the time has now come that you'll be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone, yet I'm not alone because the Father's with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. How many want peace? Mm -hmm. How many want twice as much? Sure. I love all that peace I can get. Uh, that you may have peace. In the world, here's a promise from Jesus for you. In the world, you will have tribulation. Man, I want to memorize that, don't I? I want that right next to John 3.16. <laughs> it's not my favorite verse, right? But it is the scripture. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. I promise you that. But be of good cheer. He doesn't leave us hanging there. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This word, uh, tribulation, is philipsis in the Greek. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not. I just have always liked that word. It just kind of sounds like a lisp. You know, philipsis. What it means is, <clears throat> imagine this, if we took uh, all my papers and we added maybe another 500 to them and stacked them up right here, we just laid them out one at a time on top of each other, they'd make a pretty tall stack. And then we'd put our hand on top of it and push down, because there's air between those pages, isn't there? And we push down and we squeeze all the air out and now you got a ream of paper It's only about that tall. That's tribulation. That's philipsis. It means to press all the air out. I have a definition of it right here in my Bible. Let me read it to you. It'll cheer you up. <clears throat> Here's the promise. You're going to have pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, Crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress. Man, what a promise. This is coming. Rob, it came to your house. Suffering a little tribulation today. A little pressure. <laughs> pressure. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he had a heart attack. I just had a cardiac arrest. I don't remember anything. I just died. It was over. These guys that have heart attacks, they have the memory of the pressure, the philipsis, the air getting squeezed out of them physically. But that's not the point of the scripture. It's that all this pressure and tribulation will come to us as well. In life, you're going to get it. And this world doesn't like us. The world structure is not for us. Right? It's like an enemy. We're here, but we're not of it. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And the pressures of the world are constant. The philipsis is going on all the time trying to squeeze the life out of us. <clears throat> and Jesus said, that's a promise you can count on. But you get to be of good cheer because I overcame the world. And you, also according to Romans chapter 8, are more than conquerors as well. In him, we, he's the conqueror. We are more than conquerors. 
I know I've shared this before, but I love this definition of more than conquerors. When the boxers get in the ring and slug it out, and they're beating each other up, all their blood's everywhere, and they're sore, and they're hurting. At the end, they take one of those guys, they put him in the middle of the ring, and they put his hand in the air. Then they come out, they got a big belt, and they throw it over his shoulder. And he's just proud, he's got blood all over him. And, and what we don't see is this petite little girl, little woman, who slips through the ropes and walks over, and they hand her an envelope. What's the envelope? That's the $10 million prize for fighting that fight. See, now he's the conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. You get it? He did all the work. He suffered all the pain. He took on all the blood. He took on the bruising. Are you hearing me? He took it all on. She didn't have to even train. She didn't have to diet. She didn't have to get up early. She didn't have to have anybody hit her. And she got the prize money. And she's off to shopping. <laughs> conqueror. More than conqueror. Jesus was the one who took the beating for us. And then he hands us the prize. He says, have my grace, have my mercy, have my life everlasting. It's a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't take a beating. You can't get a bruising. But you will have tribulation. And it is going to come. And pressure and flipsis is going to happen to you. There's going to be distress. You're going to have times that don't make any sense at all. And you're going to come through it just fine because I overcame the world and you are also more than a conqueror in me. you got to make sure you're in him. got to make sure we're leaning the full weight of our trust and faith on him. Not on our ability. Not on our slyness or our cleverness or our thinking or our ability or our schoolwork or any of that. Our talents. They're all important. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying they can't earn you away into heaven. They are not the things and the items and the skills that are going to give you overcoming. It's a gift of running in. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Jeremiah says, Vain is the help of man, but blessed is the man whose trust is in God. Proverbs says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe and secure. I have no idea what page I'm on now, but I'm having fun. How am I going to focus my faith? Where's my trust going to be? This song came to mind. This is a hymnal that I stole. You ever stole a Gideon Bible? It's kind of encouraged, actually, but um, you're supposed to replace them, you know. This came from the Burrow Mountain Homestead in Arizona, brought to me by a friend, Ira Fox. And I was thinking this morning, he's, he was a worship leader there. He was like an adopted grandfather for my children. And he uh, marked all the ones he liked to lead. And I, I just hung on to it meaningful to me and every now and then one comes to mind and for this message here's the one that comes to mind now Rob I know you were here in this morning it is well with my soul I need to take a break right here we're going to come back to that don't let me forget I want to read you Rob's text this morning I said I was going to do that as soon as I started Joe and I didn't do it and Rob you've been fretting about it ever since I bet like when's he going to read that <clears throat> here it comes 
you need to hear this from your pastor. As I lay here this morning, back in my home after 10 days in the hospital, after suffering a serious heart attack, having a stent put in, they needed to do a quadruple bypass, having my heart stop on the operating table for five minutes. They had to stop his surgery and massage his heart. He was dead. Lazarus is back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Having my heart stop on the operating table for five minutes during the bypass surgery. I'm listening to the song, It Is Well With My Soul. That's what caught my attention just now. Rob, I was going to read this one, but that's your song. It is well with my soul. My God is so faithful to walk with me every step of the journey so far. There's much more to walk, but great is his love for me. In addition, the love, support, and care toward me and my family that has come from our community has been immense and cannot be described or recognized adequately in a short update. I'm home. I'm recovering. I'm surrounded by a loving family caring church, and most importantly, a powerful God who has not left me nor abandoned me, but rather encourages and loves me each and every day. I love you all, Pastor Rob. And we love you back, buddy. We're on your team. So his song was, It Is Well With My Soul. Here's mine for you today. You're going to focus your faith you got to know where it's going to be. This is the solid rock. And then I'm not going to sing it because I didn't want to hurt you. <clears throat> my hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I, I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, Jesus said those times would come. That's the tribulation. That's the distress. That's the pressure. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood. Support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. I caught that line in one of the songs we sang this morning. He is my hope and stay. I said, that's it. That's it. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless, to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand.
We need to focus our faith this morning, not on circumstances, not on what the world's doing. We can hold Rob in our hearts and look at his situation and go, man, that's the closest big time. That's some pressure. And that's pressure for us as a body of people, as a community of believers together. It's going to bring pressure to us for the next few weeks. But we're going to hold up under it. We're more than overcomers. We have what we need. We, we're not going to just reckon ourselves as individuals and I can make it on my own. No, we're going to be in together. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to go through it, the fire together. And when we come out the other side of it, no smell of smoke, victory, and a change of mind and blessing all around. You know, I heard that Rob got an honorable mention at the Christmas tree lighting. I didn't hear that. I wasn't there. But, hey, you know, when the community notices you, they're watching. Right? When they're watching your pastor, they're watching you. You're going to be light in darkness. You're going to be hope where there's no hope. We focus our faith on Christ, the solid rock. Now we're getting thrown. The guys online are saying, I hope it doesn't have any more. <clears throat> hope he's not hiding any somewhere. <clears throat> we talk about focusing our faith. Here's one that we all know. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. It's okay, you can sing. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So who are you listening to today? Not me, I'm not talking about right now. <clears throat> who are we listening to? Who has our attention? Uh, where are we getting our information? Every day. You know, I was tempted, and I mean it was a temptation. And uh, you're supposed to resist temptation, right? So I did. But on the way here, it was about 9 o'clock, and I know that at 9 o'clock, uh, KNX 1070 puts on CBS News for three minutes, and they give you the world. The world in three minutes, that's your thing. You know what? You can ruin your whole day in three minutes. That's just, that's as easy as that. And I, I almost reached up and pushed it on because I know that's there. And I, I get a little update and I thought, I don't want that update. It's not going to be good news. There's never any good news. It's always the world's falling apart. It's fear. It's scary. It's, it's, it's isolation. It's run for the hills. My goodness, it's, it's terrible all the time. Who are you listening to? Where are you getting your information? Uh, the, the kids just said to us, well, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And if I love him, when I die, he'll take me home on high. They're pointing us at the answer right there. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. Not KNX, not CBS, not CNBC, not CNN, not MSNBC, not Fox, not... The Bible tells me so. 
This book is relevant, as relevant today as it ever has been. It's got the answers we need. Say, oh, it's not current. It's not up to date. Baloney. God's way ahead of this world. He has given us, the Bible says about itself that it has everything we need. It has all the hopes, all the promises, and everything we need to live a life of godliness. It's in here already. There are no surprises. Here's one for, for you. One, two, three from Isaiah 43. I was, I was just trying to help you remember it. Isaiah 43, one, two, and three. Those are the verses, but I kind of like it, counting it out for myself. That <clears throat> One, I mean, when I turn on the radio, here's what, I, here's what comes across. Be afraid. Be afraid. It's bad, and it's going to be worse. Panic. Uh, you should isolate yourself. Boy, and I'm not going down the rabbit hole of mandates and vaccines and all that, but for a couple of years now, we've been told to hide. Don't be around anybody. Collapse. The stock market's crashing. Uh, uh, you know, Africa's got a new strain. This is, it's just panic and fear all the time. And I say, well, how is the Bible relevant to that? Isaiah 43, 1. Fear not. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You don't belong to the world. You're not part of that system. Fear not, number one. Number two, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Kind of sounds like Psalm 23, doesn't it? You're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But remember, it's just a shadow. You're going to go through it. I'll be with you. I'm going to walk it out with you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Robbie's with you all the way. You just told us he was. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not burn. Be burned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Great demonstration of it. Nor shall the flame scorch you. That's number two. Number three. Verse three. Why? For I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. The Holy One of Israel. Your Savior. That's where we're putting our faith. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. If you're not reading your Bible, if I'm not reading my Bible, we are starving ourselves. You know, we, we are, we're not hurting anybody but us if we're not staying close to the Word of God. <clears throat> it is our hope. It is our stay. It is our anchor in the veil. Jesus, you just say, well, is it the Bible or is it Jesus? Hey, one and the same, right? Jesus is the living Word of God. He is the fulfillment of this entire book. He is the Word of God. He is the bread of life. He is the way. You know, Jesus is not the way shower. When he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, he didn't say, I'll show you the way. He is the way. He's the conveyance of the way. We get to ride with him, on him. He isn't a truth teller. He is the truth. And he is not talking just about life. He is the life, the way, the truth, and the life. And we're only going to get that if we're in this book. There are lots of books about the book. I've got whole books on one book of the Bible. I mean, I've got a book about Ephesians that's bigger than the Bible. And it's only like 
four chapters long. I mean, we have explored it. But I give away all the explorations just to have this book. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. You know Wycliffe, the Bible translators? You know those guys? They've helped translate nearly 3,000 different uh, tribal languages into print. Okay? They've gone into places where there were no printed materials, no language on paper, no, no written down score of that particular uh, language group, and they've built dictionaries. Oftentimes they'll write a dictionary first, they'll define the words, they'll make a dictionary, and the second book they create is the Bible. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, we, uh, right here at this place, there was a man named Henema Topo Ogo from Papua New Guinea who preached on this platform, and that his father was responsible for coming to Big Bear, living with Wycliffe Bible translators in obscurity, building a dictionary for his tribe. It took him his lifetime. He died. His son, Hanumatopo Ogo, came next to live with Wycliffe and translate the Bible right here in Big Bear for that tribal group in Papua New Guinea. That guy could climb a tree faster barefooted than a monkey. He was amazing. He's this short little guy, and he was, he was all tribal. I mean, he could move. Uh, <clears throat> you know what? When Wycliffe does that, and this becomes the first book of a people group, they're not known as Christians. There's another phrase they're referred to as. The Muslims still use this phrase about Christians, Jews, and Catholics. They call them people of the book. Those guys, oh, they're people of the book. That's how they're known. I want to be known as a people of the book. You know, Christians was a, derog a derogatory word in the book of Acts. They call them Christians, little Jesuses, little Christs. It was like, oh, those Christians in Antioch. They're Christians. They're like Jesus. It wasn't a happy thought. It stuck. We're still Christians all this time later. But to be known as people of the book, focus your faith. Refocus right now. In a time of question, in a time of wonder, in a time of uncertainty for a whole body of people in the church, we got to get focused. Back to the book. Amen? We're going to get our trust going here again. John chapter 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that you might have life, rob and have it to the full. Have abundant life, overflowing, exponential life. Getting excited, aren't you? We see those papers hit the floor. Boy, look at the clock. It's 11 o'clock. He said he's going to noon. He's not. He's not going to noon. People of the book. You know, doubt versus faith. I love that little poem I read to you. But there's another little thing I mentioned on the way through that stands out in my mind, and that's sentimentalism. It's an ism. Isms aren't always good, like alcoholism. Isms. Sentimentalism says my faith is good for me, and when it works for me, it's good for me. And it's you could sing the Jesus loves me, this I know, and feel sentimental about little children and people singing that song. And isn't that cute? And isn't that wonderful? And isn't it delightful when I feel good about it? But there are times that Jesus promised that feelings are going to get whacked. The tribulation, the philipsis, the pressure. The difficulties will come. 
and mere sentimentalism will not hold you in place. It's wavering. It's untrustworthy. It's a nice feeling, but feelings don't always work us through the scripture. We have to have faith over feelings. We've got to get faith driving the train. Well, let's see what I missed. Well, I think the warning was simply not to, not to don't run. Don't bolt. Stay with it. Don't scatter. Pull together. Do it together. Include everybody you can. Uh, you know, whether it's making meals or funding or, or taking things. But don't, can I say this for, as a patient, previous patient? I would, I would just want to encourage you to do things for the family that are needed without needing to be present in person with them. You know, if you're taking a meal over, just take the meal over and bless them. But don't demand an audience. You know what I mean? We're not up to it yet. Just seeing you is stress. It's hard. Uh, Rob will want to do it. He'll want to get out on the front porch and talk to you for half an hour. But listen, don't let him. Just say, nice to see you. See you in 10 weeks. Get strong. Go for your walks. Change your diet. Do all the things that are necessary. I'm behind you. I'm praying for you. I'm 100% in this thing. I'm not scattering. I'm sticking around. And we're going to make this come through to the end of success together. But right now, you need to go back in the house and get in your little comfy chair and eat what I brought you. And get strong. <clears throat> we'll talk later. Don't demand too much from him, okay? Because there's just not much there to draw from right now. He's going to take everything he's got to get better. That was a commercial interruption. Count on this as we close. John 14, 14. Easy memory verse. John 14, 14. It says this simply. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's Jesus speaking. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And that was the last of it right there. Let's ask him to do anything. <laughs> let's figure out what anything is and let's ask for it. If he'll do anything, let's ask him. Father, this morning, we're going to bind together right now and we're going to ask you. Jesus, you said we can ask anything. That's a big ticket. There's a lot that comes to mind, Lord, you know that. But I'm pushing things out of the way as quick as I can because they're not important. I don't need this. I don't need that. Those are wants, Jesus, that my humanness reaches out for at times. I'd like to have this. I'm not asking for those things right now. I'm asking you to raise Pastor Rob and Shannon up like you did Lazarus. Put them back on their feet so that they're having dinner together with their friends again. Just like it was in the Bible where people came. Lazarus' house to see Jesus and Lazarus, the man whom he raised from the dead. Let there come glory and honor to you and you alone as you glorify yourself through this situation we're walking through. We pray for complete, long-term restoration of health and life for Rob and Shannon and their family. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sparing his life 
Thank you for sparing his family of grief. Thank you for bringing him home safe. Lord, bind us together as a unit, as a team, over the next number of weeks to walk through this together successfully. In Jesus' name, amen. 11.05, not bad. Thank you for being here. Thank all of you online for tuning in. Uh, ball your bow in your nose and working through COVID or whatever it is you've got going out there. And uh, anybody that's out of state, thanks for coming. Hope it's been helpful for you. God bless.